K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, damn, we got a Welcome to the first episode of the new year of Black on Both Sides. I'm one half of your host, King Kunta 3X. The other half is my esteemed colleague, colleague, my right-hand man, my toucan Sam, my ace in the hole. What is an ace boon coon? The world wonders. I never knew that. Coon man got one. Nine out of ten Dennis fuck with the guy you heard crash my intro in 2020. But either way, those nine, they know what's up. That tenth Dennis, fuck that nigga. He does meth. Mr. Be honest. World now, locally known, universally accepted. What's up, B? That's a vibe. It's a vibe. 2020, bro. For sure, though. I mean, that's just you know, big changes in 2020. Well, more changes. Two changes. Well, I like two changes. It's about time for a two chains album. Another one. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, you know what's coming out this year? Apparently, uh, J. Cole's coming out this year. Right. And then also, Kendrick <laughs> Lamar's coming out this year, and I can't wait for that one. That one's going to be pretty nice. J. Cole's coming out? Uh, you mean like music? Yeah. Uh, new albums. Like, J. Cole, do you have any new raps for me? I don't know. I'm not excited, but I'm not mad. Is that fair? They sing he's... Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's well, we'll be, you know... Uh, you're a man who, you know, grooms himself regularly. You know, <laughs> right. you are, uh, you know, you've, you, you know, go to work. You, you are a, uh, you know, you're a solid citizen. You pay taxes and whatnot. So you are probably not J. Cole's targeted audience in any way. I have a, form. I have a penis. I don't think J. Cole oh. really raps for women anymore. I mean, for dudes anymore. I don't really know what J. Cole raps for. I think J. Cole raps for J. Cole. Okay. Remember that 50 Cent uh, uh, lyric where he says, I don't care if you're not feeling this. I know I'm killing this shit. I think that's J. Cole. Oh. I think that's J. Cole with no features. Yeah. That was a... a no features. Yeah, featureless. Yeah, but I'm looking for Kendrick Lamar. You know, I think he's easily uh, top 10 of people with, that are actually rapping today. And he has now started making albums. Yeah. Damn was an album. And so this next one will likely be an album too. When I say album, I mean complete bodies. There's a theme. There's a theme for the whole damn thing. The songs stack on top of each other. They follow some sort of a progression. These are not just singles for the radio or whatever. Right. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited about it. You know what I'm not excited for? Uh, does Amethyst have something coming? How dare you? No, that fresh, hot out the kitchen, that Antonio Bryant, that A.B. album. Who? A.B. Who's that? Antonio, not Bryant, I keep calling him Bryant, Antonio Brown. The football player has an album coming out? B. Come on, man. Just, just because you are finding yourself uh, without a job, what does that mean for your bills? Y'all must have forgot. What you know about that? Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> that that Roy Jones Jr. rap. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't heard it yet, but he dropped an album. He dropped an OP. I don't know. I'm oh, not. boy. You know, I can't support this because of, you know, he's kind of maybe a horrible human being. So, uh, but yeah, man, he's got a, you know, he's not playing anytime soon. So he's got a, you know. A lot of time on his hands. Bill, bills don't fucking stop, man. He's He's got to. You know he's he's got a he's he's got to hit them streets. He's got to hit that block and pitch. 
<laughs> okay. So, so look out out there and out there world for that upcoming Antonio Brown AB project. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's it's out there. He 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 hinted on his on his social media it was coming. So I'm not sure if it's going to be available on all streaming platforms <laughs> or just YouTube. I don't know. We'll see. Might might have a SoundCloud. But um, Amethyst has something probably. I would say so. You know what? Can we agree that she's top 2,500 all time? 2,500? Yeah. Of women? No, I would say 2,500 artists. I mean, rappers. I don't know, B. Top 2,500? We can't even get that. I need to see a list, B. (laughs) So she's like 2,501. Come on, man. She very well could be, if that. I mean, I don't know, man. B, you're forgetting the 90s was a wild time. You know, right. the 90s was a wild time. I mean, neither Max Kellerman had an LP. You trying to tell me Amethyst is better than Max Kellerman? Yes, absolutely better than Max Kellerman. I've heard that song. I don't know, man. It's got a, you know, kind of got an old school vibe. You know, kind of got, you know, you know, the, the, like the, the early to mid 90s feel. I, I like that. Okay. So, what do you want to say about Amethyst, man? Get it off your chest. Say it with your chest. Get it uh, off your chest. What you got? I just, I was just wondering if anybody checking for her album. You know what she reminds me of, and the reason why I think I like her is because she reminds me of Eve. Her voice, like her voice. If she were, I think that she was trying to sound like Eve, and she did a good job because she sounds like Eve to me. And I, Eve is my favorite female vo- voice. Like rappers, like of all the rappers that are female, Eve's voice is my favorite female rapper voice. Amethyst just decided to, you know what? I like Eve's voice too. And so she mimicked Eve and she did a good job, I think. Go back and listen to some Eve songs and listen to some Amethyst songs right behind them and like, you know, flip back and forth A and B them. I think you'll agree. Are you done? I mean, you, you don't have to be. I mean, you know, this is half your podcast too. I mean, you just let me know. I'm serious, man. I, you don't think done. you don't hear it? You can't hear it. You. Everybody says that she copycats, right? And she just like has this this chick's voice that's not hers. I agree. She does have somebody's voice that's not hers. Just like all the other British singers that come across here and sing with English or with American accents, and nobody says shit about that. But rap is so quotation mark authentic close quotation mark that we have to call her out on hers but I think she actually picked the right person to mimic because it just so happens the voice she tried to go after I think this is all speculation I haven't spoken with Amethyst personally I believe she was trying to emulate Eve and she did a perfect job she sounds like she sounds like Eve why are you shooting our first podcast with New Year in the fucking face with this Amethyst shit why why are you doing this you asked me to keep said that I have anything else I just wanted to you know I wanted to help Help you out because you asked the question. I was trying to answer the question. Do you want me to do? Do I need to go further? Or are we good? Nah, B. You need to go ahead and get it all out. You need to get out. And let me know when you're done. So how many how many episodes do, can we can we do this with? Because I got time. Let's well, just move B, on. Let's just the move way on. you're going with this, I think you can go to all of them up until she has a new LP, and I'm sure you will want to review it. So I mean, this is kind of the ball is kind of in your let's just move your on. court here. Let's just move on. Are you sure? Yeah, man, you're not excited as I am. So let's just move on. Okay. So, B, um, as many people don't know, you are a proud owner of a smart car, correct? Smart car? No. Smart car? Your car's not smart? 
Smart car is an actual car made by Mercedes. Dude, that's a smart ass car. No, no, no. Smart car is an actual brand. It's uh, made by Mercedes. It's that little bitty tiny one that where it's like you see a person's in there and their back is the back of the car. Right. So your car is not that small, but there are some smart cars. And so what do you think the theft rate is on smart cars? Uh, my car, I think, is probably pretty low. It's in, why impossible? Well, not your car. Your car is uh, is uh, you know pinky out, fancy, locked down. With those tiny smart cars, you think they get stolen very often? Oh, I don't know. Probably though. I don't know. I don't know what they're. I mean, those have engines in them, so I'm not really sure what the any car with an engine can be stolen like that. Is but it, dude, is it a high? smart car? Are you talking? Is this you know this Dumb and Dumber Steve Urkel one and a half seater? Yeah, but it's not smart because it, the car is smart. It's smart because it's economical in the sense of you don't spend a lot on it for gas. It doesn't require a lot of resources. So it's smart because the owner is smart, not because the car. It's a chair with some wheels and a, and, a, <laughs> and a stick of some type, I assume. Right. I digress. <clears throat> From the world of Facebook, uh, one of my extended friends has posted a picture of a yellow smart car. And he says, my friends... If anyone has seen this car, please contact me at once. <laughs> it was taken from my garage Saturday night at 9 p.m. You can inbox me and call the police. This is not an insurance scheme or anything, just in case someone may be thinking along those lines. Friends, this is a car that I rarely ever drive. I only carry liability insurance on it. Remember, if you see a little small yellow smart car about the size of a matchbox, that's probably it. As a black convertible vinyl, vinyl top with a black stripe going down the side. Then he gives the license place number. And he says, thank you, my friends. And thanks for sharing this post. Keep God first place. Exclamation. What? Look, you know what stood out to me the most in that whole post? He said, he said the motherfucker has a convertible top. <laughs> Why the fuck not, man? Where does, Why it, the fuck where does not? the top fold to, though? Where would you, you put the, the back? Where would it go to in the back? It goes in your lap, man. You put it right in your lap. Prop it's, your, it's your zips off. Up, it probably not... zips off. Oh, I don't even know if it has a wheel. I assume it's got like a stick. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe it? He's like, it was taken from his garage Saturday night at approximately 9 p.m. Wow. Who you got... can either inbox him directly if you've seen it or, <laughs> or call the police. <laughs> Both are acceptable. <laughs> And he wants you to know this is not an insurance scheme or anything. Right. Just in case you may be thinking along those lines. Oh, wow. That being said, this is a car that he rarely ever drives. (laughs) So little, he only carries liability insurance on it. (laughs) Why does he have this car? Thanks, my friends. And thanks for sharing this post. Remember, keep God first place. Did you share? Triple exclamation points. Did you share it? Was that? No. I'm not sharing this shit. Bullshit! You just shared it to all of our listeners. No, but I didn't see what you would need is the is the is the uh, and I see what you did there. What you would need is we're not going to use the L word. What you would need is to <laughs> know the location of the theft. You need to know you, the license why plate number person? which he gave up. Why are you this person? Why why do you want to deny them? They I'm exist. Not denying anyone out there of listening to the conversation I'm having on air <laughs> with my colleague. Be honest. On a podcast. 2020 listeners exist. Yeah, man. So <laughs> somebody said, sorry to hear this happen to you. Pray you get it back. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. In good condition. Thumbs up. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> I sure hope you get it back. That is so sad. Pray that you find it. Wow. Oh man. Praying ha- praying hands, praying memes. I will be looking. We living in some cruel days. <laughs> <laughs> We living in some cruel days, man. <laughs> people's running up in people's houses and, and 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 picking up and carrying off smart cars. Wow. Then this other dude says, only a test. In other words, God's only testing you by taking away your smart car. I'm looking well, on. Clearly, she didn't read all the way because he says he rarely ever drives it, only carries liability insurance. I'm looking at CarMax.com right now, and a 2015 smart car is is only $9,500. Well, damn. We could probably just chip in and get him a new one. Nah. Praying for a safe and in good condition. (laughs) We praying for the car now? Dear guy, please let the car be safe. Right. I know he said he hardly ever drives it, but in case he might need to go somewhere. I like him to have options, Lord. In your name. Fuck, man. I, I can't. I can't make this shit up. All right. All right, let's let's uh, die really quick in these uh, NFL playoffs. Playoffs. Um. So to a uh, friend of the show, you're one of your co-hosts on the No Nonsense Show. Uh, I'd like to give my heartfelt condolences to Jamie F. Mack because his Philadelphia Eagles um, went down pretty hard today, and Carson Wentz's Carson Carson Wentz may have suffered a traumatic brain injury. I just don't know. Ooh, he did not finish the game. I was on the second quarter of that game, so I'm, I guess I won't finish that one. Yeah, there's no reason. You know, it's uh, God damn. Russell Wilson is so goddamn fake. It's fucking nauseating. Fake? What do you think about Russell? Yeah. All right, all right, B. Let's do this. Okay. So pretend you're a reporter. Just won the game, and you ask me reporter questions. I'll give you Russell Wilson's answers. So Russell, you guys won another playoff game. How did, how did it go? Oh my God, this is just great! Isn't this wonderful? You know, all I can say is that we're just all believers. Everyone in there, we just, we just believe so much in what we're doing, and this just this is wonderful. This is wonderful. <laughs> so no matter what he asked, he answered that question like that. Keep on, keep going. Okay, just whatever. So uh, the the play in the third quarter where you turned everything around. Do you feel like that was a momentum builder? Oh, wow. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, the team, these players, they, we're all playing really for each other. We really are. And it's just so special to be a part of this. And, you know, I'm just happy that I was here to witness it. And these fans love them so much. Best fans in the world. You know what, though? Like, you know what, Kuta? Uh, there's propaganda. Uh, there, we're a foot. There's a problem because I was watching the Saints. Oh, my God. First of all, I'm so glad the Saints got their ass whooped. You gonna do this again? You better than this, B. No, fuck the Saint fans and fuck the Saints. But at the end of the Saints game, that dude did the same thing, the exact same thing you're saying Russell Wilson did. He did the exact same thing. No matter what they asked him, he started talking about this team thing. This team, maybe the NFL. No, 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 no B. You didn't ask me any more questions. I just threw a team answer to the question. Russell's even more faker than that. I don't. Did you hear that guy? He did the exact same thing. Well, isn't it great that Marshawn Lynch has joined the team? What, what, what do you think Marshawn Lynch brings to the team? Oh, well, you know, that's beast mode. Oh, my God. Beast mode is just so great. I mean, <laughs> he's taken so many players under his wing, the younger players. Gotta love Marshawn. He's just phenomenal. I'm happy that he's here with us to try this one more time. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Say, like, nigga, what the, what the fuck's wrong with you? This is what Sierra, you know, you know what it goes to show you, you know. 
for you know all the, for somebody that's going to be around and raise kids that ain't his. I mean, people are willing to make compromises, but and so that being said, be alluded that this New Orleans Saints, Saints, and the Super Bowl got upset by the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, sir. And Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kirk's cousin, Kurt's cousin, Kirk Cousins, the cousins, dude. But they pulled it out. Yeah, man. So, uh, and you know what happened yesterday? Yesterday was the day the music stopped for a friend of the show and our little brother, <laughs> French Reginald. <laughs> French Reginald is a mostly lifelong Patriots fan because, you know, to be honest, they don't play football in Haiti, at least not the kind that we recognize here. Time out. I was thinking the other day about, about French Reggie, and I realized... B, we know you're a Zone 6 nigga and you're from Atlanta. We know that Atlanta has been the heart of the music scene for at least, at least the last, like, I don't know, 15 years or so. At least. Fair? And you know that Kunta is, you know, Cali living, but, you know, Texas born and raised. So I write hard. Hard? Hard for my Texas artists. And I'm sure you write hard for the three or four people from Atlanta that make music you care about. Can you imagine how hard French Reggie must ride for Wyclef? <laughs> I've never thought shit? about that. I've never thought about You ever about think that. about this shit? No. Like, not only is it his city, it's his goddamn country. <laughs> That's just crazy. Oh, that motherfucker probably can't do no... He, Reginald probably sent in a vote when, he, when uh, Wyclef was running for president in Haiti. You remember that shit? I do. Yeah, I bet he. I bet he probably sent some paper over there in support. Anyway, I digress. Prince Reginald is currently in China. He's a huge Patriots fan, and you know those of you out there who care. A lot of you probably don't. The Patriots dynasty came to a crashing halt yesterday when they lost for only the fourth time in twenty games in the Belichick Tom Brady era, and when they've hosted a playoff game. And it ended for Tom Brady on a fucking pick six. Now, why do people think this means the dynasty may be over? What is the dynasty? They've won six championships like the last 15, 15 or so, 15, 18, 19 years or so, something like that. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that, well, people fall out of love. And it looks like uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have fallen out of love and they're trying to figure out who's going to get the kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so it's very unlikely uh, Brady will be wearing a Patriots uniform and Belichick will be on the Patriots sideline. It's more likely that one of them will be somewhere else next year. So end of of a dynasty, you know. Be, you know, please uh, send uh, Skype calls or Facebook Messenger or Instagram messages to, to, to French to make sure he's holding up. You know, he's literally going through all the stages of grief. And it's just, you know, hate to see it. Hate to see it. Um, who else is in there? So you got uh, Seahawks, Vikings, Titans. Uh, who was the other team? Uh-oh, that means they mm. suck. Mm. Wow. It wow. was the first this game. Um, shit. Yo, they must really suck. They are not on my radar. Fuck. Huh. Who did the ball? No, no. The, no who did the Bills play? Oh, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills played. Um, who? Dang, they lost. Wow. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> Yo. Hold on a second. 
You gotta look it up. Don't look it up, man. Hey, Come on. <laughs> Who won the AFC playoff games yesterday? Ah, the Texans. The, the Houston Texans, Texans beat That's the. Right. Yeah, it's. I don't know how I did that. It was a good game, and they're from Texas, dude. What's wrong with you? Because fuck the Texans. Oh, okay. Because I'm a fan of America's team. Oh, okay. But not necessarily America. Yeah, but the Texans uh, uh, beat uh, Buffalo yesterday. J.J. Watt. There is no reason for anyone to be that big. He he's, he's literally on all the PEDs. All of them? All of them. At the same time, at the same damn time. Anyway, so they pulled it out. They for their, you know, they will go to Kansas City. In Kansas City, that's not going to go well. Nope. And, um, you know, the... Uh, the Titans will go to Baltimore. Baltimore and get stomped there. Shit, man. And then uh, in the NFC, it looks like uh, it looks like the Seahawks will go up north to Green Bay to the frozen tundra. That's a loss. Um, and it looks like uh, uh, the uh, oh, who, the number one, the Niners, the number one seed. It looks yeah. like the. Uh, Fucking uh, Vikings will go to the Niners, and that might could be competitive because why not? So here we go. So B, calling you out. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Super Bowl is going to be Baltimore, San Fran. Yeah, that's my pick too. Yeah. All right, works out, and we'll see how it shakes out. So that's football. We covered that. So exciting week. Uh, playoffs, but that's distractions. That's distractions, man. So, it's actually something quite serious that's happened. And um, a few days ago, Donald Trump uh, authorized an airstrike on an Iranian general, Soleimani, who was part of a convoy in Iraq. Um, this was kind of the peak of rising United States and Iranian tensions, you know, falling on an attempt by Iranians and some Iraqis to storm the United States American embassy in Baghdad, uh, following up on heightened uh, military activity with Iran and the Persian Gulf, uh, shooting down drones and things of that nature. And so um, <clears throat> the Trump administration, particularly Mike Pompeo, has said that they received credible information from the intelligence community that there was an imminent threat to the lives of Americans. And in light of the imminent threat and the acknowledgement and availability of the target, Soleimani, General Soleimani, who is General Soleimani? General Soleimani is the number two person to the supreme leader in Iran. And he is the head of their clandestine secret uh, special forces military operations, has been for a while. Uh, he has been considered a war hero for Iran. Uh, he is a bag of uncircumcised cocks. He is an evil dude. Uh, he has indirectly done a lot of things that's led to the death of a lot of Americans. Um, specifically, he would work with random militias, other types of terrorist cells to uh, engage in guerrilla tactics with our military uh, people who are on the ground in the Middle East. He will not be missed, 
he was an evil motherfucker and got what was coming to him. Uh, that part is undisputed. Uh, this has been known to the Obama administration. It was known to the Bush administration about General Soleimani's role and Gen- General Soleimani's evil deeds and the things he's done. But those two administrations decided not to assassinate General Soleimani despite having opportunities to do so. So that's roughly 16 years of presidents that did not attempt to kill General Soleimani and who had opportunity to do so. But uh, President Trump, he says, fuck it, not on my watch. And so he was given allegedly credible information that a threat was imminent and he authorized the strike. Uh, in Iraq. Iraq is technically uh, one of our allies. Yeah. Technically, they are. Technically. Well, they allow us to, to, to have military individuals there. They, allow, they don't like it, but they allow us to do <laughs> allow, it. Allow, allow is a weird word, but yeah, I got to. <laughs> I mean, and, well, <clears throat> they did. We'll get to that later. But, um, so, you know, it's, while this is going on, Congress has just returned from winter break and the articles of impeachment uh, have not yet been delivered by Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, to uh, Majority Leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, as both uh, the House leaders and the minority, uh, Senator Schumer, uh, have made no, no headway on getting an understanding of the contours of what the Senate trial for the impeachment of Donald John Trump is going to look like. And so on the one end, you have the impeachment that's kind of in a weird place. It's happened and we're waiting for the trial. While this is going on, uh, Donald Trump has received credible information from the security community, the intelligence community, and has done this. So let's, let's, <clears throat> let's try to figure out how, we, how we're going to formulate this conversation in a way that will be useful in the event there are people out there listening to us talk, be honest. There may be. There may or may not be. I like to think they are, but some would they call know them listeners. No, no, I don't think anyone would do that. That seems <laughs> like not the right thing to do. So, so let's break this up in chunks. So, what do you think about the articles not being delivered? The articles of impeachment not being delivered to the Senate yet for trial. What do you? What are your? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, why would you want to start there? Okay, well. Because we have to go in time order. Okay. Because so, okay. I believe that some of that it's it's you know to not go in time order, to not analyze these things in as you know as how they're related would be would be wrong. Okay. So so there are articles of impeachment against the sitting president of the United States. There you know it's it's the most unique articles of impeachment we've had in the history of the United States. It's partisan. Politics currently is tribal. You know, fuck the red, fuck the blue. You're either red or you're blue. And if you're not on, and, and you know, it's like bloods and crips with no truce. Okay. So, so the blue guys have impeached the president. They need to, the articles must now go to the blue guys being uh, Congress representatives. The articles of impeachment, the charges, if you will, have been set and levied. Donald, Donald Trump has been indicted. So now it's time for a trial to see if he's going to be, you know, 
declared guilty or acquitted. That trial happens before the Senate. The Senate majority, the majority of the Senate is Republican. Uh, the Republican senators, Mitch McConnell, the leader, and others like Lindsey Graham have indicated, said outright, we are going to take our cues from the president. From a constitutional perspective, these individuals are supposed to be serving as unbiased jurors. And they're supposed to be looking at the evidence that they get and judging that evidence and weighing that evidence before deciding whether or not they believe Donald John Trump should be removed from office or whether he should be acquitted of the charges in the articles of impeachment. So that's where we went on Christmas break. Over the interim, nothing's happened. As I said earlier, the Democrats, particularly as Speaker Pelosi, the House majority, and in the Senate, Senator Schumer, they don't understand. They are, they are concerned that there will not be an actual trial and there will just be a rubber stamp acquittal by the majority of the Republicans. Now, mind you, for there to be a removal, it would take two thirds. That's not fucking happening. And that's, that wouldn't happen today. It wouldn't happen in 1990, whatever, when they got Bill Clinton. It was sure as hell didn't happen with Nixon, even though he thought it was going to. That's not going to happen. But I guess the thinking is we want an actual legitimate trial, which could include additional witnesses that the Trump administration would not let go forward. So that's where we are. And just so you're wondering, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, there is no time frame on when she has to give these articles. It's just not in the Constitution when she has to do it. While this has happened, new information has come out that has contradicted one of Trump's defenses that he personally held up aid. Uh, some of the unredacted emails that have been received from other cases clearly draw a line to President Trump knowingly, specifically withholding the aid as alleged in the articles of impeachment. Um, and so, so all of this is happening so first, B, let me. What do you think about the articles not being delivered? What? Do, how do you? How do you interpret that? Okay. So what I what I feel is that the reason why they weren't delivered is because I'm I'm of the opinion that everyone feels like it was kind of in symbol only. Nobody really believed that the that the Senate was going to get rid of Donald Trump. They weren't going to oust him over any any circumstances, much less some that were kind of. Kind of weak, actually. I feel like a lot of people feel like the, the the charges they have are pretty weak. They they did exist. It did happen. He did withhold aid, but I don't think most people feel like that's enough to impeach a president. But it's the only thing they could get, so they're running with it and they're running hard. But then it gets to the point where it's like, well, we've proven that this happened, but now what does that ma- what does that matter? Because he's not going to get pulled out. So I think that's why they're withholding. If they, once they once they send it over. Now it gets shot down and the whole thing is over. But as long as they hold on to it, they still have a little morsel of a little, a little character dangle for America, you know, because at the end of the day, this isn't really about getting Donald Trump out and making Donald Trump suffer, which is what it should be about. What this is about is what's the next, the next campaign platform. So if it doesn't benefit the Democrats, then they don't really want to do it. They just, they don't care if Donald Trump's in or out. They just want to be in. And because of that, they have more power holding those cards, kind of like Colin Kaepernick not being in the NFL. If he actually starts playing for the NFL, he has a lot to live up to. He has to be good. He has to he first he has to make a team be good. Same with the Democrats. If they if if this goes to 
if the if the articles get delivered, now we have the actual trial. And of course, they've already said it's going to get shot down. They have no leverage once they deliver. So they, it's to their benefit that they hold on to them so they can continue having news media. They continue getting the attention so that they're still building their platform as Democrats and hopefully win the election in this, you know, 2020. So that's why I think it hasn't gone. Okay. Well, interesting take. How do you think Donald Trump has been interpreting being in this position? He's now the third president in the history of our country to be impeached. No matter what the fuck he tells people, that's a very, very bad thing. Right. You can't wash that stank off. Right. Yeah. He's a scarlet letter for anyone bearing the Trump name going forward. Obviously, so, you know, he's a he's a he's a very sensitive guy when the shit's pointed at him. He's he's he, he can dole it out with, you know, the shake of a hat. But when it's turned back at him, he's very, very sensitive and he does a lot of sensitive, sensitive nigga things. I'll say it like that. I would also say that he probably knows what he did and didn't do. And so the longer this goes along, the longer the possibility, however remote, that there will be the witnesses he did not want to speak. And that, you know, the thing about it is when you, when you, when you surround yourself with yes men and questionable people, they're going to turn on each other at some point. So I think Trump knows what he did and didn't do. And there's probably some fear there. I mean, look at Giuliani. If Giuliani gets squeezed, you, what do you think is going to happen? It's probably not going to go well. Right. And Giuliani is about to get squeezed, not by this process, by the Southern District of New York. So, you know, I think there's fear there of what will come out. And so while this is happening, which is very serious, the only the fourth time in the history of our country this has happened, only the third time the articles of impeachment were actually, deli- were actually obtained, Third time, while this is happening, we have the situation in Iran. Now, so let's put a pin in that. B, were you familiar with what Donald Trump said in 2011 about President Obama? Uh, Which thing? What are you talking about? About Obama's relationship with Iran. I don't remember, no. Well, per usual, be honest, Donald Trump you know, in those damn Twitter fingers and also in, in fucking uh, actual interviews. 2011 and 2012, Donald Trump repeatedly accused President Obama of seeking a war with Iran to help win the 2012 presidential election. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's the tweet. In order to get elected, at Barack Obama will start a war with Iran, Trump tweeted in 2011. And uh, <laughs> so this is an aging well, man. I don't, I don't, I don't understand... And then there's another tweet where he says, now that Obama's poll numbers are in tailspin, watch him to, watch for him to launch a strike in Libya or Iran. He is desperate. <laughs> you know what, man? You know what's hilarious about this? I live and breathe beside someone who is this person. If you are a fan of the No Nonsense Show, then you've heard Jay Smooth. Uh, I guess what he does is he gets uncomfortable, so he starts saying stuff about the other hosts. But the things that he's saying are really about him. Wait, there's more. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't let Obama play the Iran card in order to start a war and to get elected. Be careful, Republicans. Wow. (laughs) Then in November 16, 2011, in a video, our president will start a war with Iran because he has absolutely no ability to negotiate. He's weak and he's ineffective. So the only way he figures he's going to get reelected and as sure as you're sitting there is to start a war with Iran. Hmm. 
I predict that President Obama will at some point attack Iran in order to save face. Hmm. So, we have an impeachment process going. The longer it goes, even more information comes out. You know, as I spoke earlier, you know, since the article's been drafted, new information is coming out from unredacted documents gotten from other cases. And uh, Speaker Pelosi, as well as uh, Adam Schiff, they are not ruling out additional articles of impeachment as new stuff comes out. Right. Um, and so, unrelated, I guess, this issue with Iran has happened. So let's put a pin there. Be honest, do you, do you know how our relationship with Iran has gotten worse since President Obama left office? Do you... Or do you agree that it has? Uh, well, I mean, I think that the entire region, the the relationship with the region has has gotten worse. So, be, uh, Iran well, being one of the biggest in that area, and the ones with the nukes, I think is most important that they are involved. All right. Well, let's go back to the latter years of the Obama administration. Remember the rise of the ISIS military state? Yes. Well, at some point. Um, everyone in the region who was not ISIS realized ISIS was fucking terrible. One of those people being the country of Iran. Right. Uh, are you aware that Iran began fighting actively ISIS? Yes. And, and may have, in fact, stopped ISIS's further incursion into the region. In return for doing that, the policy between Iran and the United States changed significantly with Iran agreeing to enter to a nuclear deal and whereby they were essentially um, redirected into doing something different with their fledgling nuclear program other than attempting to enrich uranium for the sake of attempting to make weapons. Right. So this was, this was a deal that was struck, you know, my enemy's enemy is my friend, in order to, to stem the spread of ISIS. So when... The Trump administration came into being, one of the first things they did was remove themselves from this deal uh, with, regarding how Iran could be able to use some nuclear capacity in a redirected manner that had nothing to do with weapons. Well, to be fair, or, though, we don't, we don't know exactly what the stipulations of that deal that Obama struck was. So we don't have all the information. I mean, I can look it up. No, you know, no, you, you won't be able to find that. That's not going to be for you to see. That's what I'm saying. Well, well, it's not just President Obama's deal. It's also a deal that Whoever's was struck deal. with our allies. Whoever's deal. What I'm saying is you don't know that. No, no, no. What I'm saying is yeah. that it, wasn't, it was not only the United States, but also the United States allies right. altogether with Iran in an effort to stop the spread of ISIS. Right, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we to, be, to keep everything fair and above board, we have to also admit that we don't know what the stipulations for the United States were in that deal. So there, a deal works on both sides. It's not like they just decided to stop doing uranium um, because we asked, or there's something that we had to give for them to want to do that. There's a trade-off at some point. We're not exactly sure what all of the stipulations are of that deal. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's that it's that it's nefarious. I'm just saying that we don't know all the details. And it's not something that we could ever know. That's probably top secret. But please proceed. So the point of, of what I'm really trying to get at is that um, tensions have been lessened. It might be uncomfortable. But we had, you know, a detente. Right. I know, you know, so for, the, for anyone who may be listening to our podcast. Uh-oh. A detente means a kind of a chilling of tensions. Detente was 
used often by Henry Kissinger, I guess in response to Vietnam, I believe. But So a detente was reached between the United States and its allies and Iran on, on hostilities in the region. New York niggas say parlay. <laughs> sure. Um, parlay, if you will. Um, but in any event, so, so that's, that was the state of play before Donald Trump's administration became installed. One of the first things the Trump administration did in the Middle East was remove themselves from that agreement. Didn't tell the allies we were doing that. They just did it. And in, in, and in addition to doing that, they decided to reinstitute sanctions. Before the deal was reached, one of the things we always did to Iran was try to get them. We had crushing sanctions on them. We tried to put them in a box. They couldn't trade with us. They couldn't trade with our allies. We were trying to crush their economy with economic sanctions. So the Trump administration reinitiated severe economic sanctions. By the way, Syria still hasn't, or Turkey still hasn't been sanctioned, just so you know. Um, and that was part of the administration and later uh, NSA, John Bolton, when he came on board, part of their overall plan to try to force regime change with crushing sanctions. The regime change being removing the caliphate. In other words, Sharia law, Sharia rule, a Muslim religious leader is the head right. of Iran. That is the supreme leader. So this was their effort to do this. In other words, completely reversing the detente that had been reached between the United States, its allies, and Iran. Uh, neutralizing an enemy to some extent, lowering tensions. The Trump administration's policy change at the very outset re-engaged tensions. Right. And as that's gone on, the tensions have gone higher and higher and higher. And, you know, Iran has started doing more and more things. And now we're starting to, play, we had been starting to play chicken with drones and things in the Persian Gulf and higher and higher. And the culmination was that was the uh, storming of the embassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, you correct me if you know, I believe that an American contractor, military contractor may have been killed during all that protest. Um, did they, did they, was that clear? I'm not sure if that was actually verified. Uh, well, I, well I, allegedly there was at least one American killed during these heightened uh, protests and was a, con- a security contractor, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Okay. So things have gotten worse. Again, why did things get worse? Because there was a Trump policy change at the very beginning that broke away from what the allies had agreed with and what we had agreed with in making a threat less thready. That's a scientific term. Um, So that's how we got to heighten tensions with Iran. Okay, so moving forward. So impeachment's going on. Uh, Heightened tensions with Iran. Uh, They attempt to, to, to storm the United States embassy in Iraq. Not Iran, in Iraq. Very, very weird, by the way, but go ahead. Apache heli- helicopters dispatched. They do a light show and a smoke show, and people are like, oh shit, those are Apaches, Apaches. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. So, Trump administration wants us to believe that at some point they received information from the intelligence community, credible information from the intelligence community that a threat to American lives in Iraq, in Iran, in the Middle East was imminent. 
And as a result of that, the Trump administration authorized an assassination, a strike, a drone strike to kill not a terrorist, not a militia leader, but the Iranian Secretary of Defense while he was in Iraq. And for people who don't know exactly what that means, I've seen many, many videos and pictures with him sitting beside the Ayatollah, so like right beside him, not kind of near him, not the man sitting next to the man sitting next to the man, but the dude like right beside him. They touching kneecaps. So he said, well, he's a terrorist. Well, he's as much of a terrorist as Vladimir Putin's secret, uh, defense uh, is a, a terrorist. He's as much of a terrorist as, you know, uh, Drogan, the Turkish president's uh, defense is a terrorist. He's as much a terrorist as, you know, whatever the hell you think Dick Cheney was doing uh, in the Iraqi war. So if you want to say he's a terrorist, that's fine. He still holds a position in an actual real sovereign state. So... So did Gaddafi. Well, I'm sorry. Go right. On. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. What? No, we didn't kill Gaddafi. Gaddafi's people killed him, so they say. Okay. And, before, and when Ronald Reagan bombed him, I think he had only recently come into power through, through a coup, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Sidebar. Anyway, um, so you've killed... A real, a real dude, not a, not a, a, a shammed up guy that just you know sticks and stones. This is somebody who's actually part of an official regime for a long time. I got news for you. All of our generals here in America, they got blood on their hands. They've had people do stuff. That's kind of the job. That's how it works. Freedom ain't free. So they assassinated this, this you know, this real head of state. That's one thing. The second thing is, where? Where did they do it? They dropped drones on him in Iraq. Be honest, is Iraq a country? Is Iraq a country? Yeah. Uh, I think so. They got, you know, they got like, you know, leaders and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Last time I checked. I think they might do, they might have a government, huh? Oh, uh, they should. They should. I, I think they call it a parliament. They have parliament over there. So the United States to say shit to an ally that has an established government. How does it have an established government? Because that's the one we gave them when we got Saddam Hussein out. Saddam Hussein out. And so Iraq has already been complaining about us doing shit in Iraq to other people. Right. And that's a fair thing. You don't want people, no matter how you got, when someone does something for you, you don't want them holding it over your head forever, right? But I mean, that's not cool anyway. Like for instance, let's say you and Jay Smooth were beefing and you know what I'm saying? You guys had threatened to fight each other oftentimes and you just couldn't really catch him. But you found out that we were having a podcast party. So Jay Smooth is going to be here with his guard down and you show up with the sole purpose of just beating his ass. That would look bad because you... At your house? Yes, be honest. At your house. Exactly. You betrayed my trust because I trusted that you could come and conduct yourself like an adult and that Jay Smooth could be there and conduct himself like an adult too, but you waited because you knew his guard would be down. That makes me look bad. In other words, I violated. I violated the trust. I violated the sanctity. I disrespected your house, in your house. Agreed. And be honest, and so if I do that, can I come back to your house? Not without... Uh, we need a lot of time and a lot of a lot of apologies and something else. I don't know what we need. Some some. E&J. Are you going to ask me to leave? Oh yeah, definitely. You can't you can't be here right now for a while. So that's what's happened in Iraq. So the second thing is that in addition to assassinating this head of a state, by the way, he wasn't supposed to be in Iraq. 
okay? He was doing some Dr. Doom shit. Let's not get it twisted. He's not a good guy. He was scheming and shit. That's what he does. That's what they all do. That's what they all do. That's, 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 that's the sausage of foreign policy. That is the, the delicate balance of what you have, of people doing things to maintain power. And through it all, the world still keeps spinning. I don't know how. But in any event, so yeah, he was there up to no goddamn good, but he's still a diplomat. And he was still was gotten with drone strikes in our in Beyonce's house. So Iraq, unsurprisingly, has immediately... Oh, by the way, Beyonce, did you know this? Did you know that in addition to killing uh, this general, we also killed kind of a higher up in the Iraq military too? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, because they were, I mean... I mean, Beyonce, it's your house. Yeah, it's my... You yeah. knew Jay Smooth was in there. Yeah. That's like so you know. That's so like if you Kit's talking Kit, to Jace right. Move, and I accidentally hit Kit too while I'm punching him, you're probably in addition to me being disrespectful, right? I didn't hit your wife. Now what? Right. So in addition to them being upset that we've disrespected someone who they thought might could be a friend, we've also killed one of their own military leaders. So unsurprisingly, the Iraqi parliament had an emergency meeting and they have voted to, to have, to, you know, they have voted to have their president, their leadership tell the United States they want the military, the United States military out of Iraq now. Makes sense. Right now. Makes perfect sense. Okay. So let's back up. So be honest, what did I, why, what did I tell you that Trump said? Uh, where do you get the information that there was a problem? Well, you didn't say where from. You said it was a credible source. In the, in the intelligence community, right? I don't know if you said that, but okay. Yeah, I did. In the intelligence community. All right. Trump's administration is saying in Pompeo they had a credible threat, credible, credible information of a threat from the intelligence community. What has Trump been saying about the United States intelligence community for the last three years? He don't fuck with them. Right. Right. What does all of Trump's men say about the intelligence community? Same thing. Right. So two days ago, Pompeo tells us that they had a credible threat from the intelligence community. And that they had to take it seriously. <sighs> imminent is the next word. Credible threat and imminent. When I think of imminent, I mean, like, I think of like something that's about to happen right goddamn now. Is that pretty much how you, how you think of imminent? Something that's about to, about to have, pop off any second. Yeah, I could say that. I would say I would agree with that. Okay. What if I were to tell you that Pompeo saying an imminent threat that led to saving hundreds, if not thousands of American lives did not quite comport with what the Department of Defense said about the imminent part of it. Would you be surprised? I would not be surprised, but that doesn't mean anything. And I what can, I can if it had been briefing President Trump about General, was it Soleimani? Comings and goings for several months now. I believe that. What if this was on the table all those months? This being the assassination. That could be possible as well. 
Does that sound imminent imminent to you? Well, I don't know. I, I don't have any of the, any any of the information that was given, so I don't I don't know what the the details were or what the the most current information was that made them say imminent. Okay, let me do it this way. Um, if you kill one general in a military, so you're fighting a country in an actual traditional war, and one general goes down, what happens next with to that to that opposing side's army if one general goes down? Somebody gets a promotion. Hmm. But with that one general, you know, was telling them to, to enact this this very specific plan. Then what? And he's dead. Oh, the plan the plan is carried out unless unless you are scared now because somebody punched you in your jaw. Okay, when's the last time you remember a standing, another country with a standing military lost a general and said, ha, ah, you got us. Take your time. I don't know. I don't think it's ever happened. Unless that general was also the head of state, maybe. Like Adolf Hitler. Okay, Adolf Hitler's dead. Oh, shit, you got my guy. All right, okay, we give up. Well, I mean, that... that- I don't know if it happens that quickly, but it's the chain of events. Like, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, that was a, a chain of events that led to them saying, oh, you know what? Fuck it. We're done. No, but we're talking specifically about the assassination of one individual. Yeah, I don't, I don't know of a, a time when I could pinpoint it to In one. modern history, the, only, the closest I got is when the Germans realized that Adolf Hitler was dead. Then they said, oh, well, I guess the jig is up, up. Yeah. So... We're not sure about eminence because the White House has told us don't trust anyone from the, uh, from the, uh, you know, from from the from the, any of our resources from from the uh, credible sources of from the information community. Don't trust those people. Don't trust the intelligence community. Don't trust the intelligence. They got it all wrong. Do you know that uh, Donald Trump in the last three years has told approximately fifteen thousand falsehoods? They they actually count. Like a clicker. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but I mean, you know, the average human tells, I mean, the human, every human tells an average of 11 lies a day, so. Yeah, but presidents are, presidents are no different. That's a lot. He's just that's a, a lot. He's just a man. That's a lot. He's just a man. It's a lot. He's still just a man. Well, you know, what else can I expect from a man of yourself who every Monday hangs out with, you know, a certain individual? <laughs> I see it firsthand, dude. <laughs> I digress. So... The impeached president, who doesn't give a fuck about the uh, intelligence community, wants us to believe that somebody told him something from the intelligence community that was credible and the threat was imminent. Okay. The Department of Defense says, well, we've been talking about this for months. Hmm. Okay. Pompeo and the executive branch, Trump's administration, says this was also to deter future conduct. Okay. We, you and I have already talked about how unlikely it is that this could be as a deterrent. So Trump went on a campaign rally shortly after this. And, you know, he basically said that, you know, he's a bad guy, the general that's been killed. He was, you know, harmed many Americans in the past and that, you know, he got caught and we got him. That's exactly how I said. He right. got caught and we got him. Right. Yeah. Very cavalier. Would you say that? That's <laughs> Donald John Trump, man. What you thought? <laughs> well, here's, here's why I say that, though. And I mean, of course, I have no evidence to back this up at all. But if there were a group of people that were pissed off at a president and they had their hand 
on all the information that goes on outside of the U.S. And they were to devise a little plan to say, you know what, we got this Cavalier dude who's always got his chin out. Let's give him something to really put his chin out about, and then let's pull back our side of it. Is it possible? And I'm, this is a, this is a, this is a, a stretch, and it's way out in the field. So don't think that I'm like I'm like living by this. Is it possible that this was a setup to get him to further indict himself? In whatever it is that's going on, the impeachment or prison or whatever it is that's going on, they knew that he could not deal with having that much, that bait, that carrot to put out there in front of the American people. So they slid him a little information, told him it was imminent, but they made sure they said that on the phone and didn't say it on a recorded phone. They didn't put it in writing. And then they pulled that back and said, we didn't say imminent. We didn't say, we've been talking about this forever. It just seems, you know, it seems like that could also be a thing. And again, I'm not living and dying by this. This is way out in the field. I'm just saying, look out there because sometimes dumb shit like that happens too. And they're playing war games with the idea that Donald Trump is going to go and indict himself for this. And now here he is on the campaign trail, sticking his chest out, sticking his chin out, talking about American flags and, and you know, being American and stuff. Because, and they knew he was going to take that morsel and run with it. And he's a fucking idiot. So, of course, he did. Again, that's way out in the field. Yeah, you are way out there. So in a tweet, you know, Saturday night, as some listeners know, ugh, got me to say the L word. Uh-oh. Jeez, oh, I'm getting dumber talking about Trump. Some people may know that we record Black on Both Sides on Sunday. So in a tweet, Trump said that if Iran strikes any Americans or American assets, the United States has targeted, quote, 52 Iranian sites. Then he said, quote, some at a very high level and important to Iran and the Iranian culture, close quote. They are not allowed to kill our people. They are allowed, no, they're allowed to kill our people. They're allowed to torture and maim our people. They're allowed to use roadside bombs and blow up our people. And we're not allowed to touch their cultural sites. It doesn't work that way. Be honest, you've served. Is it okay to tell someone and to actually destroy a cultural site while you're conducting a war? Yes. You're wrong. You mean it's it's, as far crime. as Geneva goes? Or it's you, a war crime. Come on, as far crime. as me. I thought you were asking me. Are you asking me or are you asking Geneva? Well, I wouldn't have asked you if you didn't serve. If I wouldn't have premised well, okay. it with you served, it's a, it's a war crime. Okay, so ask the question better. Don't don't set me up. If you want me to, if you want to ask me, be honest what I think, then say that. But if you want to ask me what Geneva, the Geneva Code is, that's something totally different. So, the president of the United States who doesn't know what the fuck the Geneva Convention is or the code, he doesn't know. And for anyone out there who who doesn't know what the Geneva Convention is, um, I believe was it World War Two? Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe it in the World War II, the uh, allies and other countries came together to set forth what would be the rules of war going forward. It's not the first time this has happened. For example, gassing has been outlawed. There are rules of war right now. You want to know why we don't have death ray lasers? Because they violate the rules of war. That's why you won't see you know, a laser beam from the, from the sky disintegrating something violates the rules of war. So there are actual w- rules to how you conduct war, how states, how, how countries conduct war, are to conduct war against each other. Threatening to destroy cultural, historical sites as part of a war effort is indeed a war crime. What's surprising to me is that no one informed Mr. Trump that this is a war crime. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second, though, because what he was saying was, you're breaking 
Geneva Convention as well. And if you're going to do that, then we can also. That's what he was saying. So uh, make sure you put that in the wait, right wait. frame. So you're saying so if they can't do it, we can't do it? I'm sorry, who's America? No, 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 no. You don't know what I'm saying. He's saying that if you're going to kill citizens who have nothing to do with the war, if you're going to do this, then what you're saying, you're saying is fuck the Geneva Convention. And what I'm saying is we're not going to fight an unfair war. If you're saying fuck the Geneva Convention, then, then we are too. Fuck your sights. That's, I wanna make, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's what he was saying. So let's, I just want to put that in the, in the proper framing. Okay. All right. So here's the ultimate deal. Iran, Iran had been less of a threat three years ago. You can say, I don't agree with how we got there, but they were, they were less of a threat. I agree with that. Now, there is a huge possibility, or let me put it this way, we are closer to the edge of a United States-Iranian ground war than we've been in 40 years. This is precisely why the Obama administration and the Bush administration decided not to kill General Salami. Because he's treated as a hero there. What's better than a living hero? A, a dead one. A martyr, yeah, a dead hero. At the like the main religious center, they let, you know, they there was some this smoke. Um that was released. And that smoke, I believe, in their traditions to indicate that someone has been made a martyr. You know how, you know, in the Catholic tradition, if they had certain smokes will tell you when the Pope's been chosen or whatnot. So in other words, they've now accepted he is a martyr. Right. There must be a payback. You have the uh, the Iran the Iranian ambassador to the United Nations saying that this was a this was a military this was a war act by the United States against Iran and it must be returned in kind and that Iran cannot look away and will, and will, and how could anyone expect Iran to look away that this is an act of war. Can't say he's wrong. I think they should look away. Be honest. You are a professional man. You have a lovely family. You know, you're smack dab in middle age. If someone gets in your face, calls you the N-word, and let's say they strike you, what you gonna do? You gonna look away? I'm gonna protect myself, but I'm not gonna advance. Mm. I have too much to live for. I have too much that this, this. I have too many people that rely on me to continue doing what I'm doing for me to attack, and then either one potentially put myself in a in a in a harm situation, or end up going to prison for the rest of my life for attacking. So I have to. I have to. It has to be very calculated. I'm gonna protect myself because I can't die there either. I can't die at, on the battlefield. But I can protect myself, and then I'll make a judgment call based off of the way that the situation looks from that point. But I don't just automatically say, oh, somebody touched me. That's the ass. That's, 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 that's cavalier, too. That's ridiculous. I still have a responsibility to make it home that night so I can take care of my family. Okay. You know, let's go back to the hostage scenario. Let's say I, I shot Jace Move. I killed Jace Move, and I accidentally clipped Kit. Now Kit's dead. Now what? 
Well, you're going to prison. So that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, it's the reason now, why. Let's, I, let's, so, so you're going to wait for the trial? Yes. For, yeah, so, you know, after I get convicted, you're going to come up and hug me like both of them, John. And <laughs> no. I, you're going to ask Judge, can, <laughs> I just want to know on, no. if I can go over to her. To her. Yeah, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not giving you five. It's fuck you for, for life at this point. But I'm going to let the courts do it. Well, that's not how countries work. Sovereign right. nations, when they're attacked, they must maintain their sovereignty. Because if you don't maintain your sovereignty, then you get eaten. It's a doggy dog world. Right. So if you're going to die anyway, you're going to die on your knees, die on your feet. So here's the problem with all of this. What I believe, you know, you had your far-fetched thing. I believe that the military does what it does. When there's a high value at target, hey, man. They go up to the Capitol. We got this high value target. We can do it right now. Right now, right now, right now. We're ready to roll. Just let us know. That's what they do. That's their job. Right. The people they report to are also the people that say, okay, what does this mean? What is the result if we do this? This is the threat. What are all the possibilities they could have if we neutralize the threat in this way? After thinking about those possibilities, is this something we should do? And I'm, I bet that happened. This but time, at the end about, of the day, time? that last call is in the parlance of the commander-in-chief. The commander-in-chief who's currently impeached. The commander-in-chief who knows everything that passes by. He's not quite sure what new thing is going to come about the bad things he's accused of doing. Because we all know he did some of them. Maybe all of them. And certainly a lot of shit we don't know. Right. Same commander-in-chief who accused President Obama of thinking about doing the same shit to get reelected. In other words, this is the mindset. These are the things that are going on. These are his own words that have been used. These are all these things are happening with this ultimate decision maker on is this good for us? Is it not? Will we risk going into a full war? Will we risk more Amer American lives? Is the one life of the security contractor worth the lives of potentially hundreds or hundreds of thousands of our troops? You know, be honest, yesterday or the day before, an additional 3,500 troops were sent off to the Middle East. Yeah. Yep. The drums of war are beating. John Bolton, former NSA National Security Advisor, tweeted out, and you know, he doesn't really fuck with the Trump camp administration anymore. Great. Why? Because John Bolton always hated Iran. He always wanted another war in Iran. The weird thing about this, be honest, is that Trump ran on a campaign of pulling our troops back from the Middle East. Yeah. But his incompetence with Syria, he had to put troops back there. And now with this, short-sighted. Right. Let's just say that General Salami, am I saying his name correctly? You're not, but I thought you were doing it for comedic reasons, so I just... I'm not. Soleimani? <laughs> I just thought you, I thought you were saying Salami to be disrespectful. No, you know, we certainly don't need any jihads on the rare sonus network. We, right. I was going to say send all emails to you this time because you're always trying to send no. emails to me. So listeners, I apologize. You know, I'm going from memory. And quite frankly, this, this character has been, you know, at the forefront, yet the background for a long time. Soleimani, General Soleimani. Um, whatever he had planned, one... 
pretty good chance it's probably still going to happen because one monkey don't stop no show. Would you agree with that? Usually one monkey don't stop no show. I agree. As far as deterrence, we've got a pretty immediate reaction from Iran. Uh, how about this is he's now a martyr. This is an act of war. They gonna get back. It's on. Um, and we've also lost our foothold with Iraq. Who's like, how could you disrespect our home like this? Yeah. Not just Iraq. I think all of the region, the region is pretty afraid of Iran. I don't think that. Who can Iran reach? To be clear, uh, Italy, Africa. Um, what can they? What's the closest place they can hit that we have to go to war? Oh, Iraq, Syria. Those are like right there. Saudi Arabia. No, 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 no. The first place they could hit that we have to go to war, no questions asked, is Israel. Oh, they. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. So if they attack someone, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. These are all there. In other words, so so. But be be honest. Just illustrated the problem. He reeled off lots of sites. There are United States military people in each of these countries. There are diplomats in each of these countries. That's just the Americans. Let me tell you the real. There's the other enemies. Israel. Israel's right there. Let me tell you the real problem, Kunta. And I, I sent I sent that picture to Slack the other day to kind of give everybody an idea of how close all I this appreciate is. that. Well, here's the thing, right? From a strategic standpoint, I don't I don't know if you know this or not, but the way our, our listeners that don't exist, oh, when the when I was in the military, we were it was still the, the remnants of Operation I mean of uh, the Iraq War. So um, I was part of Operation Desert Fox to be to, as one of the operations I was part of. But what that was is basically a West Coast carrier group goes to the Persian Gulf. We relieve them. The next one comes and relieves us. And it's basically we always have a presence in the Persian Gulf. But the problem is, is that we had the presence in the Persian Gulf. What that allows us to do is, and I don't know if you know what a carrier does, but what an aircraft carrier does is it allows us to have a launching a launching pad basically very close to our enemy. If you look at that region, you'll notice that Iran is surrounded by a lot of people that don't fuck with us. So by us being able to get into the Persian Gulf, we could we could launch strikes directly from beside them and we could get there with with a lot less loss of life because our pilots are not so unprotected. They can get back home real quick and we're covered by a battle group. What has happened now is since Iraq doesn't fuck with us, Iran doesn't fuck with us. I'm sure Saudi Arabia is right there on the it other side. Pissed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So all these things that, that would surround our battle group, now we're in not just enemy territory, but enemy from every side. So that means we can no longer use the Persian Gulf as a launching pad for our carriers. They have to go around the Straits of Hormuz to the other side. Uh, I guess like you'd see like towards where Australia is and India is. That's that side, which is not flattering for us to, to make a strike from because we don't have access to supplies. We have to travel a lot farther to get to our supply ships. So that means our carriers are out there by themselves. Now then if you go the other direction towards Israel, I showed that, that, that picture. It Iran has many, many, many missiles that can reach as far as Italy into Europe. So what's, what's Italy? Italy is our biggest air force base, Signella Air Force Base, which is in Italy. That's one of our major strike positions. If Iran can reach our, one of our major strike positions from just their crib, it makes it very difficult for us to get troops into that region at all. So we're forced to either be outside of the Straits of the, the Horn or whatever it is around there on the other side of Iran, or we have to be in the Mediterranean far enough away from their, their striking capability. And it just puts us in a really, 
really difficult strategic position. And of course, I'm not a, a, a war strategist, so I, you're, you're hearing me say this, but I don't have all the information. I'm just looking at it and logically looking at the things that we have done and what we can do and now how that puts us in an even more dangerous position because people die because of our inability to protect ourselves. And because of the way that region is set up, we don't have the ability to protect ourselves anymore because we've pissed everybody off in that area. Yeah, I mean... I heard a former uh, advisor to multiple presidents, James Clapper, say that there's a there's literally a plethora of targets that Iran can strike whenever it seems fit. Yeah. Another thing that Iran is very, 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 very good at. They're very, very good at cyber hacking, fucking with shit. I didn't know that. They're as good as Russia and China. You did, did you not know that? You I, didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Other people have talked about one of the things they could do easily and probably going to do no matter what is they're now going to step up their sophisticated cyber attacks against the United States government and United States businesses and Americans in general because that's just some shit they real good at. Russia good. Wow. China good. So this gives me back to, my, to the overarching point. What? Mr. President, is the plan. The administration has not not given us any idea on what the strategy is going forward in the Middle East after what's just happened in Iran. Dangerous games that usually result in people dying. If you want to say, well, Americans, yeah, Americans dying. Have you seen all these World War III memes? I've seen some of them. It's funny to some extent. I guess. You know, people, you know, who don't know everything that's going on, who are scared. I think one of the things I think black people as a culture are very good at is trying to find humor in things that they don't have control in. Because traditionally, you know, we don't. First ones to go, et cetera. Um, but my son's in the Air Force. And he will have to go to Saudi Arabia because that's another launching spot. Or he'll have to go to Italy. That's scary. Because that's scary. we're going to be in war with Iran. That's just what's going to happen. Hopefully not. It's yeah. just a matter of when. When will they do something that's unthinkable that we have to roll? And be honest, another thing I've heard about a, a carrier is that it's essentially America's dick. Yeah, it is. You have a carrier in your bay. America is saying, America, fuck yeah, fuck you. Right. I think China only has a few of them. Yeah, we Maybe definitely have the five. most. I think we, we have the most. And it's not that many, though. But yeah, we definitely have the most. You know, after us is Russia, but the point of it being is that's that's the visual symbol of a phallus and a fuck you. Right. And the problem with those things is if you can't cover them, well, a lot of people can get, you can die when those things go down. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Um, I don't see anything positive from this. And I know you want to try to give, or maybe you, let me rephrase. I know you seem to be trying to give some sort of benefit of the doubt to the, a decision tree, a decision-making tree. No, not but, at all. But to me, all of this seems as if Trump is getting impeached. 
His advisors do what they always fucking do is advise him of a situation. He and his personal group put two and two together and decided, well, let's 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 see what this does. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like that's just lazy. I think I I am not supporting. I'm not trying to give anyone the benefit of the doubt. I just feel it's lazy to say, oh, he was getting impeached, so he just tried to distract people. I think that there was something that happened, and I don't know how hard it was played up or what happened to to make him decide that this was the one to go for. He had plenty of advisors. It wasn't just him pushing this red button. And now that the strike happened, though, there were a lot of people that that weighed this and whatever, however they weighed it, whatever they weighed it. I don't even care about that anymore. What I care about is the fact that. Your son and many other service members are going to be directly in harm's way, almost to the point of what Vietnam War was, where we were in, we were surrounded by enemies, even in the places that were supposed to be our allies. It's fucking unwinnable, particularly if you unite Iran and Iraq. That's a fucking problem. And that's, that's what my thing is. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Honestly, if I could have my way, we would handle whatever we got to do overseas. We would, we would, you know, protect ourselves and be ready if, if, you know, if you know it does happen. Meanwhile, we would quickly dissolve this fucking president, but we wouldn't continue this long, drawn out bullshit that's happening. I, you, see, you know, what I'm saying, like, I, I, I think that you think that I'm on Trump's side and that I'm trying to to give him leverage or power or what, and I'm totally not. If there were a way to get rid of him quickly, I, I wish it could be done. Because what I understand is that he is he is going to just continue doing that cavalier shit, and it's going to really hurt what we're doing in in the region. Going to really hurt? Yeah, it's, it's already gonna, done. It's, well, no, no, it's going to get it'll get worse if we really go to war. If we really go to war and he's doing the dickhead shit he's doing, it's going to get far worse. And the more that people prod at him and call him whatever and say this, the more he's going to stick his chest out and his chin out and the more tweets are going to happen because it's, it's, that's, that's who he is. That's his character. So if there were a way to dispose of him, and I, mean, I don't mean like kill him, but dispose of him as far as president very quickly, I really wish that could be done and we don't even have to talk about it. Let's just, you know what I'm saying, like in head of state when Chris, Chris Rock had the, the person who was trying to go against him in the debates and stuff just get yanked off the stage or whatever she like yelled, I, like that, quick, just like, ah, and he's gone. Because he's gonna really, he's gonna really. Not, the distraction is not even the word. Once we, if we get into a war, he just can't help himself. So he needs to, he needs to go. I'm totally against whatever it is that his new plan is gonna be for this war thing. I don't think it's gonna be positive for the situation that we're in ourselves in right now. Is what I'm saying. I don't know. It's, so you you got me all wrong. I think I don't want to give anybody the benefit of the doubt. What I'm saying is is that at this point. We are past, and, it, and, it, and if you're saying that it's intentional, we're past the point of worrying about Trump's impeachment or Trump's whatever, because at this point now, we got guns pointed at us. And with guns pointed at us, I don't have time to worry about what this dickhead is doing back home. I need to protect my sons. I need to protect my service members, my shipmates. I need to make sure that they are okay. And sadly, it forces me to be on one side as opposed to the human side. I have to be on my side because literally, your family member is going to be there. Yeah, man. You know, um, I don't see a silver lining to this. Our politics have gotten too tribal. Um, Republicans and Democrats hate each other, and there's no way, there's no foreseeable way that that divide's going to be breached. Um, my biggest fear, and B, you might remember, I told you my biggest fear of Trump was foreign policy. Yeah, we agreed on that, actually. 
and now here we are. Here we are. Um, well, the thing about the American military is that there are a lot of people who believe that we're undeniable and would enjoy an opportunity to show American might. There's a lot, maybe even half, in the military that just want to go and use their training. Right. Sadly. Yeah. I, there was my a, son is one of those people. There was a young guy on my um on my ship. He was he was trying to audition or not audition. He was trying to um he was trying to get into the SEAL team. And um he kept getting shot down. They kept telling him he's not big enough and you know he needed to do this and do that. So they kept giving him the runaround to to do the um the tryouts or whatever. But I remember that there was a we were for a deploy. We were in the Persian Gulf and the call came across that, you know, we were we were communicators, so um radio men basically get all the message traffic from off the ship to the ship or whatever. That comes comes through our place. So um, uh, there was something came through about us potentially going to start Operation Desert Fox. And um, what that would, what that would um, entail would be sorties, which is our planes flying over there with, with weapons. Um, and basically it was like... You know what, B? I just realized that some people who may be listening to our podcast probably weren't alive or don't remember the last time that we as Americans became very familiar with that word. You just use sorties. Uh, yeah. The yeah, last right. time sorties were used was desert storm. You're right. Well, I don't even Fox. think in the Iraqi thing that they, they referred to him as that we just, cause you know, it was shocking on and it was over. Right. Then everything else they didn't kind of, kind of was quiet, but yeah. So I'm sorry. No, so the sorties, well, so, uh, I mean, I basically witnessed plane after plane after plane after plane take off with missiles and bombs, and they come back empty-handed because I was, uh, one of my duty stations was, I was I was actually the person who did the technical side of the radios, the communication devices they got from the ship to the, the planes or, or ship to shore. So sometimes I had to be up on the bridge because our one of our main antenna rooms was up, up there in, the, in that area. So I could, you know, in the crow's nest, I could just sit outside if I was bored. And I would, uh, all day long, planes were leaving with missiles and coming back empty, leaving with missiles, coming back empty. We had over 100 planes on our, on our ship. So um, lives were being lost somewhere. I, we, we, we didn't know exactly who, when, where, how many, but lives were definitely being lost. And I remember going down into our lounge in our birthing and one, the, the little young guy who was probably about 18, maybe 19, and he was trying to be a SEAL, he was so ramp, amped up and excited and just like, man, he was just like, he couldn't be caught. Nobody could calm him down. He was just sitting in his seat and he was just moving and he, he kept jumping up and stuff that was on TV would, would, and would trigger him. And he'd just like, yeah, man, we gonna fuck these guys up. And he just, he was just so excited and, and like ready to be part of it. And like everybody else in the room, mostly more mature people were looking around like, what in the fuck is, so I, I talked to the guy, man, just as, you know, to see what, I was like, you do you realize that, that lives are being lost? Like, you're saying fuck them up, but when you're saying fuck up, that's people that are dying out there. And, uh, and right now, they're not us. They're, they're them. But nonetheless, people, there's, human life is being lost because of this. And, uh, you know, during that, that, that process of talking to him, man, it just, you know, I've, of course, nobody wants human life to be lost. And I would never be excited as this young man was about the idea that we were at the, the helm of, of taking that life. But once again... I have to align myself with the United States military. And if the United States military is forward deployed in a combat situation, 
I have to side with us. I won't be happy about it, but I'm going to side with us. Well, I don't think anyone who's not an asshole is going to not support the troops. And anyone who doesn't support the troops, well, there are plenty of other living situations that have that you can go and stay at. Um, but, you know, I say all that to say this is that it's not about not siding with the troops. It's about the cost. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vietnam, I believe, could have been won if America was willing to to pay the cost, the ultimate cost. The price got too high. And the public got disinterested. And, you know, one of my friends uh, said that we've been at war for the last 20, 20 something odd years. We just don't call it that. And that's accurate. We have a lot of things that we do that we just give it a new name or no name at all. Um, But at the end of the day, this will require, if there's an actual war on the ground, and the air with Iran, this will be costly. And I believe unnecessarily so. They had been minimized as a threat. And now they are motivated to get revenge. And this is entirely because of the assassination of their number two diplomat and their highest general. Again, as I said earlier, the situation room is always going to have the targets given to the president. You need to be able to trust the person with the last decision to have carefully weighed the outcomes. I do not trust this man who is the commander in chief to have done so. And given all the other things that are going on, he has not only not given me a reason to think he would or is capable of it, but he's actually given me the opposite. The strange thing about all this, B, is I don't think Russia wants this. And I don't think China wants this. Because China's also in that strike range. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. I don't think anybody wants this. But here we are. We're going to try to... You know, we'll be here to report as this thing goes forward. Unfortunately, it's a common refrain you're hearing from me is that none of this shit looks good. Domestically, it's not looking good. All the rules of government we thought existed are, pro- are not looking good. You know, the stock market up until this happened was trending a, 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 in a good direction. But, you know, that's still not enough. We must stand for something unless we don't. If we don't stand for anything as a country, then we're like everybody else. And now we're going to engage in a war in one way or another. That's not good. And, you know, there's going to be cyber attacks. That's easy for them to do. They were planning on doing that anyway. So this is all bad. 2020 fucking matters. This is an election year. You can't afford not to vote in this year and be heard. You can't afford not to do it. Because, you know, as Mick Mulvaney told us when he talked about, we do this all the time with quid pro quos, elections fucking matter. It matters who's going to send our sons and daughters to go die somewhere. And if you don't trust that person to do it, that's a problem. So, you know, that's all I got. 
Um, I wish I, there could be something happy to end on. There isn't. These are dangerous times we live in, and we're gonna we're all in it together, and we'll see it wherever it goes. But you know, there's no sunshine to be pumped today. We'll hopefully we'll all be back safe and sound to see what another week holds for us. That's all I got. B, you got anything for? Yeah. Anyone who may be listening out there. I just fear that very soon we'll wish for the day when we could get a couple of hundred people to die in a terrorist bombing. Black on both sides when nothing is black and white. 